and welcome back to Backing Paper episode 29. We're here for another week. Woohoo! Woo! Woo! Uh, How did that happen? How I, did we get to 29? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it seems like a relatively high number, being as it feels like we only started this like just the other week. But um, mm. still, we continue. That's probably how we got to 29. We continue. <laughs> yeah. uh, Came after 28. <laughs> yeah. Lovely to have you back with us this week, Rach. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Uh, Adam has just brought me a whisk and coke with a lovely ice cube in it, so uh, I'm pretty happy. Um, considering today has been mainly very stressful, uh, lots of stripping of walls and yeah, da, floors, da, and da, da, yeah, da, no, da. not not the fun stuff, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> the uh, trying to remove a radiator off the wall without the proper tools thing, um, and flooding the hallway, lovely. <laughs> so um, yeah. The whiskey and coke is very much appreciated. <laughs> you burnt it. And you had a busy day yesterday as well, didn't you? I did, I did. I um, I was at the Summer Arts Market in Liverpool yesterday. Um, they, those are the two biggest ones in Liverpool, really, the Summer Arts Market and the Winter Arts Market. And um, it was at the beautiful Anglican Cathedral um, on Hope Street. And, uh, yeah, it was really wonderful to be there. We've currently got an amazing sculpture up as well called Gaia, which is... Um, pretty much it's the earth um suspended and lit up inside so it's very dramatic and looks beautiful um and so i was there with my analog adventure kits of course and my individual some print cards and uh, got to speak to some lovely people so that's all good and, and sell some as well which is always good uh, as a business <laughs> um so yeah it was it was really nice to be part of that and and to get a chance to do that um uh, but unfortunately it meant um due to recovering from that and obviously all the renovation stress uh, at home i unfortunately missed out on the mersey meetup today uh, which was happening so that's the analog photo walk that stig um tends to organize for us beautifully um uh, I believe Frazier was there today and I'm sure a few other people, but uh, I know that some of us who were usual attendees weren't able to make it for various reasons. So I was sad to miss it, but it, I'm sure that they had fun because obviously Liverpool won the cup yesterday um, and uh, the whole of town was a crazy mess of <laughs> sea of red, of course. Um, so um, I left and went back to Liverpool and just listened to the fireworks and the cheering going on out of my window <laughs> instead. Uh, but I think they got quite a few um, nice uh, photos today by the looks of things on the Twitter feed, um, talking about obviously seeing that seeing the amazing crowds and the parade and, and everything that came down past the end of our road. Um, as well so uh, I'm glad that they got to do that um, but yeah sorry I wasn't able to go next time next time yeah, so that sounds awesome I know that Aid was out on a photo walk yesterday down in Brighton mm. um, organised by um, right. Anil Mystery the, Anil? yeah yes. the the unusual eye photo walk which I think quite a lot of people got to so that looked like a lot of fun um, mm. nobody's having photo walks near me I probably feel like I ought to rectify that problem but you know maybe you should but also you have been having a lot of fun what have you been doing? Well, I've mostly been spending money uh, at mm -hmm. Future Adventures. Um, Woo, and it's that's entirely fun. Yeah, it is fun. Uh, but it's entirely thanks to you and Bloomin' Aid costing me money. <laughs> uh, both equally. So this week, uh, today, I took delivery of, this is very exciting for me and probably nobody else, some light stands. Woo! Um, so I bought myself a little starter kit of light stands and umbrellas because I had none of this stuff. I thought, mm -hmm. you know, I want to have a go. And it was... 
it was pretty cheap. I think it cost me £35. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. You'd think it was around that, wasn't it? Rachel? It was, £34.99, because yeah. you originally found the slightly more expensive version, and then we managed to, um, well, we went for the, I say we, <laughs> you went for the umbrellas rather than the softbox in the end. But um, it's, it's a great little entry entry kit, definitely. Um, and it was one that, you know, I'd looked at previously, but I, I already had um, a lighting stand, so... In the end, it didn't quite make sense for for me. But mm. if you didn't have anything already, then it was totally a really good uh, value way to get interested in that, get started with it. Yeah, I'm just, you know, for, for not very much money, it just mm. opens up some new uh, avenues of exploration. Um, well, you've got and, your flash, haven't you? Yeah, I've got my flash and I've got yeah. some cheap triggers, triggers I bought years ago. So, um, and I've got, a, you know, not very good light panel, but a, but a light panel nonetheless. So I've got some things I can use with it. So, um, and I've Perfect. got a partner who is more than willing to, you know, play model for me. So um, I'm going to have some fun with that. Uh, so it's going to be great. That. Yeah. And it'll give me... Um, an excuse to blow the dust off the digital camera, at least to begin with as well, mm-hmm. <laughs> as I'm figuring it out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to find where, where that's been thrown. So, um, so, But to balance out that, the very aid-influenced side of things, I'm also waiting on a delivery this week of some sodium carbonate, mm-hmm. some ascorbic acid, and Ooh. some potassium bromide, because I'm going to give Caffeinol a go, um, inspired Yay. by uh, your advice and some of the <laughs> emails we've had to come in recently, particularly from sort of Christian. Um, so, yeah, I've got lots of fun on the horizon to add to the pile of stuff that I'm already uh, getting involved with. So yeah, too much stuff to do, um, but I never mm-hmm. let that stop me. Ah, it sounds wonderful and I'm very jealous. So uh, we're, we're all uh, waiting to hear what you create with it. I'm sure it'll be fab. It'll be something. It'll be something. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that all goes. Anyway, talking of too <laughs> much to do, we have got a bumper bumper show this week so we need to just dive right into this they say after having already waffled on for five minutes um <laughs> hopefully i haven't talked for too long we will see uh, well we'll check we'll check to make sure you've not gone over your allotted time limit Rachel. i think you're probably all right um we are going to start off after my call out last week for some cheap shots emails we have got some cheap shot stuff come in and they are great and um, we hope this is going to go well for some reason this evening google is being a real pain in the neck with letting us look at photos so let's mm. see how this goes but the first one is from Alistair Dougal. Uh, Alistair writes in, Hey Sony 16ers, after listening to the latest backing paper, I realised I had been remiss and not sent in my images from the People Challenge. My first photo is called Love and the Other Man. I took the shot on the bus of a couple sitting on a bus. Yep. <laughs> um, she has a bunch of flowers in her hand, but there is no hint of love on their faces. More likely, she wanted the flowers for the house than the romantic gesture. Then we notice the man sitting behind her. Is he an interloper, unseen by the husband? We don't know what goes on in other people's lives, and we can only guess just how the connections intertwine. The camera is the Agfa Optima Electronic, and the film is XB2, processed in Rodinal. Anyway, thanks for arranging these lovely challenges. While I get too busy at work to go in every one, I will try to participate in them more often. They are a fun way to shoot something different. Uh, From Alistair, surname removed to avoid confusing the hosts. Um, So yeah, there's actually a couple of pictures. Uh, This first one, uh, I really like this. So this is... um, as described of this couple sat on the bus it's actually very close um and angled upwards so uh, i think we can safely assume that this was quite a um 
what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, sneaky shot. And that's not the word I was looking Candid. for. Candid. Candid, um, but but also you know they weren't aware. So Local I think Alistair was obviously yeah. sitting on the bus and he's sort of holding the camera probably down at waist level, aiming up and um, and you know captured this scene, um, which now Google has brilliantly hidden from me. <laughs> Oh. It's okay. I can see it. I can see it. So uh, we've got um, uh, a gentleman wearing a very fetching dotty bow tie. Actually, that's kind of the first thing that drew my eye. Actually, with his lovely attire, um, sitting next to him is a is a woman holding a, uh, a bunch of flowers in cellophane, and behind them is another gentleman with uh, I. He's, I think he's probably texting or something. He's on his phone, looking down um, at the moment. I'm not sure whether there are couple um yeah it's so hard to know isn't it so i mean perhaps they got on together on the bus you know so we we already um are um reading a scene you know before before um we go to take the photograph you know Mm. we're already making assumptions or we're trying to work out who these people are or what their relationship is between them i mean they could be brother and sister they could be you know friends um, I, I would imagine probably if they were friends, they might have been a little bit more animated talking to each other, perhaps. <laughs> uh, or, you know, may, maybe they just happened to get on the bus at the same time and sit down in the empty seats that were there. Because I can see that somebody behind is stood up. So maybe they were two empty seats. That they well, I mean, they are they are mm-hmm. in the give up your seats. Because these are older, older um, people uh, and they are sat in the seats that are clearly marked mm-hmm. to be. Uh, what I, I think I really like this. I really like the, the way the composition has worked out with the three of them mm. there. Um, and it is one of those stories, those pictures that you can just make up your own story about. You could probably build an entire short story around just this one totally. shot. Um, it's quite timeless as well. I feel that. Yeah. Shot. Absolutely. You know? And um, and it, it, it's worked out really well considering it was mm. shot from waist level. Um, the pictures come out really nicely. Uh, great. Really like that. Great start. Yeah. Um, Dy- dynamic sort of framing of the subjects, isn't it? The, yeah. Yes. Really Absolutely. Lovely. Thank you so much, Alistair. And and the other shot that Alistair submitted um, is of a, a busy street with um, uh, people walking backwards and forwards and the sun's really low in the sky. So you've got these long shadows and uh, these uh, the very haloed um That's uh, gorgeous backlit, isn't it? Yeah. Like hair, hair light, rim light. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous, that. Yeah, it's, really it's done good. some fun things, probably because of the fact that it's an old, old camera um well yeah don't act for optima it's not you know but it, it's it's done fun stuff with the light there so they're um, really glowing aren't they yeah they they really are and it's really nice so, you know, the the um that the woman walking towards the camera as you said has mm-hmm. got fantastic backlit hair so um very cool this is really nicely nicely seen shot and um great time of day to take that it's amazing actually it's amazing how low the light is given how built up the uh, the sort of the city yeah. scene is. I don't know what's whether that's Melbourne or Sydney or wherever it is, um, but you wouldn't think that the light would be able to get low enough to cast shadows like that and still not be behind the building. But uh, there you go. So great cool. stuff. The next one, Rachel, take this from Paul Friday. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so Paul Friday says, "Dear Sonnies, two entries attached. Sorry, my computer stopped." scrolling there we go uh two entries attached i'm afraid i strayed from using just the one camera <gasps> paul outrageous um as i wanted to use medium format to get the three by three grid layout i had in my head i used a kodak brownie hawkeye that was given to me loaded with foma pan 400 
And for the curious, as I had no idea by how much I was overexposing, I used semi-stand development in Rodnell. For the portrait, I did stick to the Rico uh, Mariah. Is that correct? Yeah, Yeah, Mariah, yeah. Mariah, yeah, sorry. In this case, loaded with some Agfa APX100 I had lying about. Cheers from Paul Friday. Two cameras. Goodness me, Paul. Wow. Flash. Can you see these images, Graham? Yeah, so the first one is... um, this this really cool uh, grid. So Paul's taken all, uh, not all nine because he's got 12 shots, but he's taken nine of his uh, 12 medium format 6x6 six six shots and made this grid. Um, and it's all scenes, again, from a fairly busy um, uh, pedestrian precinct area. Um, and yeah, they, they all work really well together. They just, there's all... Uh, Again, all shot very low. Um, I, mm. I used to say at waist level. Um, it's lower, isn't it? I think maybe well, like maybe somewhat maybe, maybe Paul's really short. Well, that's true. <laughs> Actually, looking at some so, of them, um, unless unless he is one of the borrowers, he may have been putting the camera on the ground. We don't know. <laughs> Either he's putting it on the ground, or or he's a borrower slash um, short umpa lumper. Um, this is loads of peeps, isn't it? The one total loads of peeps. Yes. Yes, um, okay. Just but yeah, loads of energy. I think that's what I like about putting these all together. Yeah. I think if you had just one picture, I mean, even with some of these just one pictures, they're because of the low angle that they're shot at. Um, and there's also there's loads. You can tell this is an old camera at work here because there's <laughs> loads of marks on the film and the way the lights come in. There's, there's all sorts of fun, funky stuff. But a, a really great way of putting them all together. Um, I and, love seeing it like that. It really feels like a storyboard, doesn't mm. it? Yeah, the 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 um sum is greater than the parts, and the parts are fun individually, but it's the whole together works really well. Um, mm. a great idea for working a scene if you don't think you're going to get one standout image from it. So that's very cool. Uh, the portrait, uh, very different. Um, this is a gentleman who I guess is about to go diving. I mean, I assume he's about to go diving because he's wearing a wetsuit. Um, and the camera, he looks like uh an alien. Um, he's got a big full wetsuit um, face mask on and a GoPro on his head. Um, uh, yeah, it's a good look. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah, very very um, distinct. You would you would remember that person walking down the street, wouldn't you? <laughs> you would remember that person walking down the street. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, very... I'd remember what they were wearing rather than who they were because they're hidden behind the mask. I yes. think you probably remember <laughs> running away from them at full speed. Yes. But uh, yeah, yeah, it came out really nicely. Very cool yeah. picture. That's lovely. Okay, the next one is from George G. Uh, George writes in, Hi, Sunnies. Here is my first time entry into the Cheap Shots Challenge. Woo! Woo, Woo for a new entrance. Yay. Well done. This is fantastic. We want more people to get involved. Um, both images were shot with a £15 charity shop Canon EOS 500N and a roll of expired film, which was gifted to me. Nailed Aww, it. Lovely. Uh, these are from a charity soapbox derby event in South London. The roll of film uh, is around 10 years old, so there were some strange <laughs> colour shifts. Regards, George. Um, so, first off, th- what a great Cheap Shots camera, because th- these old, not old, but the sort of late-gen plastic SLRs go for buttons. They go for so little money. Mm. And you can usually pick one up with one of the sort of low-end um, zoom lenses uh, for kind of, a five ten quid because nobody wants them and nobody really wants the lenses either um and they're great great fun uh so let's have a look at these pictures <laughs> these nice colorful pictures so when when it says some color shift yeah um 
Definitely some mild colours. This looks like the kind of thing you'd probably be buying from Double or Lomography. Um, they've gone kind of blue Davadida, haven't they, Rach? The, well, especially the Chicken Men one. Yeah. Um, Mario Kart, it seemed, you know, it's a little bit green, but it feels a bit more like general vintage um, sort of holiday snack type thing. Uh, but yeah, Chicken Men is like neon yellowy green. <laughs> so <laughs> this so event that um, George was at, it looks very similar to what I keep talking about with the Bamps and Shirt the Race. Shirt um, race? Yeah, it, it, they've like made their own carts. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. there's two guys in chicken outfits um, looking very cool. Um, uh, cool is subjective here. <laughs> hey, listen, I'd wear that outfit. <laughs> it, it, it's the yellow nylon tights worn over their jeans that I think really <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the Nike trainers they really offset the um, the pair of rubber gloves that they have attached to their head and to their chest <laughs> super if you well if you aren't clicking on the show notes to find the link to this picture already listeners I don't know what you're doing um, and their cart mm. it, it looks like a box of chips so that's great the, which has hot and tasty chicken rud on it yeah. Brilliant. Events like this are such good fodder for going out and taking pictures because um, everybody there is, has made an effort to get all dressed up. They want to have their picture taken. They want to be seen. And they want to have their efforts appreciated. Um, so that's very cool. And as you've already mentioned, Rach, the second one is a, a, a father and son dressed up. Or daughter? At... I can't tell, actually. It might be. It's very hard to say. Um, mm. a, a father they look and amazing. Young child. Um, they have a moustache, but I think it might be a fake moustache. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? Nah. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> um, but yeah, just really great with a little Mario Kart and the balloons behind. And yeah, uh, just what I really like about that is that it is. Um, it's just a perfect image of a father out doing something super fun with their kids. Like, oh, God, yeah. that is about as wholesome as it gets. And I also like the fact there's a sign for the toilets. Uh, I noticed that <laughs> as well. I was like, this looks brilliant. If only they'd got a little moustache drawn on the um, on the little um, toilet people's uh, <laughs> sort of symbol as well. I was like, that would be perfect. It'd yeah. be like their own little cutout. <laughs> yeah. And the balloons on the back of the cart that they've made and everything. It's very cute. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, so those are awesome. So like I said, events like that are just just go and have fun and always take colour film to events like that. That's what you need for that kind of thing. Yes, absolutely. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you, George. Uh, That's great. Yes, thank you very much, George. We Should will I take expect the next one. <clears throat> yes, please do, Rach. Uh so this one's from Joseph Baker. Uh it says, Dearest Sunbeams, I don't normally photograph people, so this was a little outside of my comfort zone. However, my friends Shane and Joel were happy to be photographed in a demonic style. Oh, my goodness. Um, we used a bed sheet, an LED work light, and a few clouds of raspberry-scented vapour to create the mood. I'm not sure what mood, but okay, to create the mood. Um, <laughs> and then they took some pictures, yeah. Yeah, I shot a full roll of them, so it was tough to pick just two, but I think that these are my favourites. And the camera was the Practica BMS Electronic. The film was Kempmere 400. It was developed in Rodnell as well, uh, scanned with a DSLR. So best wishes from Joe Baker, who is at evil underscore chutney. Oh, there's a PS. PS, we will be installing the Paper Jam Photography Exhibition this Sunday. So if anyone finds themselves in Norwich next month, do visit the Playhouse Bar where we will have lots for you to see. That's awesome. Nice one, Joe. Let's have a quick look at the... The photos. Have you got them already, Graham? Yes. So, yeah, these, uh, I mean, Joe, as always. Oh, yeah. I see what he means. (laughs) These are slightly horrifying. Um, He's very 
creative with what he does, isn't it? Because I think was it Joe who created the sort of like pop art style one last time? Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah, and, it was and, all kind of post, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. And, and what I like about Joe's approach with these is that you know the things that he's used to take these pictures is a bed sheet and some vapor uh, for some mist from stuff and and just an idea, um, and he's made some cracking pictures so that uh the first one that i'm looking at is a face-on um portrait of these two friends um the one friend uh who's got these fantastic tattoos um is sort of stood staring down the camera and then just behind him his other friend and it's obviously done with a slow shutter speed his other friend is kind of pulling this horrifying face that because of the slow shutter speed has kind of doubled his faces his mouth open and leering and his tongue's poking out and um yeah it does look as though the devil's coming with the soul yeah. of his friend so angel and the devil right yeah yeah awesome. yeah so that's very cool and um and the other one is a, a much closer up portrait um and the focus is because it's so close and again i think very slow shutter speeds it's very soft focus but just the intensity of that those two faces of it's brilliant that stare yeah absolutely and it totally fills the frame as well they're they're so close in um to the frame and uh yeah the the particular expressions and, and the stare and stuff they've they've really um uh, embraced the idea of it being uh this um demonic um i don't know ritual in front of a bed sheet mm. <laughs> So nice one, Joe. It's awesome stuff. I love, I love how you've taken an idea and executed it um, for the Cheap Shots Challenge and for our pleasure. So thank you so much. Yeah. With that second, I also I think the lighting has worked really well because it's quite an yes, unusual... Yes, those catch lights are cool, aren't the, they? The catch lights really make a difference. And also the light's quite mottled. It's not, mm. it's not a flattering light, but for what you're going for here, I think it's worked really well because it kind of puts the light in odd places and it yeah. illuminates and, and does... Uh, demonic point. is definitely the word. If, uh, if anybody wants a portrait to scare their family, uh, go see Joe Baker. He's your yeah. man for that. Well, you see, the thing is with catch lights, obviously, uh, in order for a, a, an image to generally look natural, which is what you would normally be going for, I guess, um, it it would be highest and light and brightest light, right? So your key light would be, or your you know light that you'd be using would be sort of top um, corner of your eye. Whereas with this, I've obviously got the light very low so it becomes more like campfire-esque very dramatic like yeah. bottom lit and you can tell that because obviously you can see where the catch light is which is at the bottom in the middle of their eye yeah. as opposed to at the top um in the corner so again you know a little bit like what, we were, uh, what i was messing around with in the um assignment a one-hour assignment that we did just the changing of the directionality of light gives it a completely different mood so although i only had boxes in the room rather than cool people to like shoot it's the same process and it's amazing what you can do to create those very dramatic and different effects yeah yeah Excellent. lovely work lovely work indeed okay this next entry is from tony skokovich who writes in hello sunnies i have thoroughly enjoyed your one hour photo assignment episode Aww. That was very kind. I feel like episode 152 was a pivotal in the evolution of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one step forward. Um, Yay. It made for a hugely enjoyable listen and inspired me to make a quick pit stop and shoot a roll of film myself. Woo! But, Round of applause for that. Well, yeah, exactly. 
fab. This is about the Cheap Shots Challenge submission. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Build you up, knock you down. For this <laughs> challenge, I have used my Cheap Shots Special Minolta High Matic G Zone Focusing Auto Exposure Rangefinder loaded with a roll of Ultrafine Extreme 100 film. I wonder what the extreme <laughs> means in that sentence, but there you go. Um, now, I'm going to have to go with this next sentence very carefully. It's I'm so pleased German. you're reading this one. <laughs> very German. Now for some Kunst Sprachen. Sprachen. Uh, people. People? People. This very word seems to de-individualise and enforce a collective quality of sorts. Big city rush hour is a trope explored and exploited since the times of Steichen. Is it still relevant? Morning rush hour is the very image of the daily grind. A typical artistic read is to critique this daily grind. Look down at nine to five lemmings rushed, crowded, dehumanised. Perhaps there is a different read on it all. Daily grind is getting up every day, getting that coffee and going at the task at hand no matter what. Daily grind is also a discipline, perseverance in the face of adversity and focus at the times of wild optimism. Daily grind is what moves us forward on clear, sunny and grey fuzzy morning alike. Daily grind is what is required for us to succeed. Daily grind, perhaps there is a lesson in there for us flirting with excuses while we await inspiration. Kunst Sprachen Ende Ah, wonderful stuff. Um, once again, thank you for the effort you put into creating the podcast. It is an ongoing source of entertainment and inspiration. And yes, thank you for entertaining my pretend artistic dribble once again. <laughs> thank you very much, Tony. That was wonderful. Hey, yes, we so good. We, we didn't demand artist statements this time round, and I feel that that was definitely our loss. So I'm very glad that Tony has provided one nonetheless, uh, and a wonderful artist statement it was too. I very much enjoyed that. Um, that different look at the uh, daily grind. So we have a couple of pictures here. Unsurprisingly. Mm of people in the city on their way to work. Um, uh, and these are obviously up in Canada. Um, the first one is taken across the street, uh, people walking in front of a, a big, um, what would you call that, Rach? A, a building. Hoarding. Hoarding, thank you. I knew there was a proper word that I wouldn't remember. Um, lots of movement in there. It looks like a pretty dull, wet, miserable day. The, the roads mm. are shiny and slick and um and all the people in it are just slightly blurred which i really like um mm. it, it it emphasizes that thing of people rushing to work um and uh and the second one it's it's in some ways it's quite a classic shot isn't it rach that mm -hmm, walking down mm -hmm. the street. i really like this I think, yeah me too um I think I like the fact that it's quite a shallow depth of field, actually. Like she, the the person in the middle of the frame is is very in, in focus, and everybody else um, coming towards us is is out of focus and the and the not out of focus, but it's a little bit softer, you know, because they're obviously moving mm. uh, and the cars and things as well. So um, yeah, I I really like that. My it feels like it definitely draws me to the center of the image. I think. If I shot it, I probably would have put her a bit further off to the left. Mm. Um, so it's really nice to see how somebody's, uh, um, how Tony's gone. No, smack bang in the middle of the image. That's where I want her to be, and that's the focus on the back of her head. And sort of like that 
very um, recognisable. Um, we're walking down the street behind the re- the rest of the queue of commuters as we're all on our way in the same direction to our jobs and things. Yeah, um, it's very cool. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think what I by making that choice to put her in the middle. So then on the the left hand side, you've got these two big windows, mm. and on the right hand side, you've got this line of cars. And I think they make a really quite nice frame, kind of mm-hmm. funneling the view up. Um, Definitely. The other thing I like about this picture that makes it stand out for me is that it's taken on a dark, wet, rainy mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you you don't see many pictures taken in that kind of light. Um, it's mm. unusual. Just you know, We see night pictures and we see day pictures and all sorts. But to see a picture taken on a dull, fairly dark, rainy day and for the picture to really convey that feeling of like, ugh, this <laughs> yeah. early in the morning, it's pissing down. Yeah, and the cars have got their headlights on. It just adds that little bit of extra oomph to the shot, you know, yeah. that I think without with them not having had their headlights on, it wouldn't have been quite as interesting a shot yeah. you know what i mean so uh, yeah i enjoyed that a lot yeah great. great work lovely stuff um and you know the little minolta hymatic you know it's not particularly weatherproof camera but it's still out shooting it good work um uh do you want to, it's a very quick one here from keith you should take that one mm-hmm. yep i'm just getting back over to my notes there we go so keith durkin writes in hi some beams attached to my images for the latest cheap shots challenge they were shot on a recent work trip to London using my Ricoh FF9 loaded with T-Max 400. Thanks for all the great work. Thank you very much, Keith, for getting in touch. That's awesome. Let's have a quick look at these. There we go. So uh, we've got the T-Max 400. Um, it's nice. There's a nice bit of a nice bit of grain in that, which is cool. Um, first shot we're looking at. I'm just checking. I'm looking at the right one. Um, we've got a, a chap sort of in the centre frame, in the middle of walking, and there's two um, two w- women or girls sitting literally on the curbside of the pavement in a beautiful beam of sunlight. Yeah. Is this one you're looking at as well? Excellent. Yes, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I really love this because there's a lot of negative space and he's really given it a chance to um, see the whole of that amazing sunbeam. And again, these women are literally sat directly in it with their back to it. So I don't think they've noticed that they're sitting directly in this gorgeous sunbeam. They just happen to be sitting there and they have this beautiful, like, again, hair light behind. So uh, they're really... Um, a focus of the shot but the gentleman who's in the middle of the shot is also a focus because he's moving and he's directly um, in the middle of the shot so it's an interesting uh, composition because it it kind of draws your eye to two or three different places mm. um, yeah what do you think okay. yeah I really like it. it it's one of those ones where you when you look at it you go, oh I can instantly see what drew his eye as you said the two girls sat beautifully in this ray of light as it streaks across the image from right to left um mm. that works fantastically and then the um sort of three other uh well uh, two individuals and one couple just placed around them um it works really well and there's lots of there's, it's a really nice um sort of block paved kind of street that's got loads mm-hmm. of texture in it the building behind has got this lovely texture as well with the pillar yeah it's really nice it's just a really there's nice a, image it is isn't it and and i've just realized that there's another individual actually um who's uh, lay on the ground oh, yeah. uh, there's a homeless person actually yeah. in the very much in the background in the doorway but you don't obviously see them so much because obviously they are um 
they're horizontal. Obviously, they are clearly um, either asleep or what have you at this point. Um, and in the back of the shot as well. So because there's no movement there, you don't notice it as much. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on Ooh. in this picture. And as yeah. you said at the get-go, I really like the, the T-Max. It's been a lovely choice for this because that, that grain, uh, I think the grain, especially given the fact that there are some, you know, the the, the, the homeless people at the back, you know, it the, the, the deserves a bit of grit and grime because you know, it's not all just about sitting in front of a beam of light in a lovely, mm. in front of a lovely pillared building. It's like, no, this is, um, this is city I think life. Exactly. It's an interesting... Uh, a really interesting capsule capture, I think, of of that. in that frame. You've got so many different stories, haven't you? You mm. know, with what's happening in each of those people's lives. Um, so yeah, uh, really, really interesting to see how that's how that's being portrayed there. Yeah, and what do you think of this second one, Rachel? A mm. very different scene. Very different scene. So this is in the Apple Market. I'm guessing it says <laughs> the Apple Market on a massive sign over the top, and it clearly looks like an antiques fair uh, to me in um, a beautiful sort of like covered arcade sort of area. Um, and I can see that another sign behind says antiques and collectibles, which makes sense. And it has a real kind of like old worldy charm. Lots of people bustling around um, in this beautiful um, covered uh, arcade um, and uh, lots of interesting kind of like wares, china and uh, wedgewood and all sorts of bits and pieces in the foreground so um again lots of different sort of stories happening um and uh, the general sort of like hustle and bustle is is really interesting to see there and the the it's a lovely kind of like contrasty image yeah it is uh, uh, the fact that the um subject matter at the front which is fully in the sun is um all kind of crockery and um porcelain and stuff like that so it really catches the light and um yeah mm. it's very cool and and, yeah, and all the people in the background milling around looking in particular the one lady who's just looking hard at something <laughs> who knows what but just has a very sort of set look on her face um great stuff with the hands behind her back yes. she's focused isn't she yeah absolutely <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so yeah, so um, thank you very much, Keith. Do you, shall I take the next one? Then? Yes, that would be wonderful. Okay. Oh, channeling was, Graham. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I think that was all the cheap shots one from this week. So um, thank you very much to everybody. We are. I said uh, you still got a couple more weeks to get your um, cheap shots images in. Uh, but as as always, I am just delighted by the the variety and the quality of the work we're getting in already. So um, please do get them in. I love seeing these pictures, and they will all be in the show notes for this episode. So mm-hmm. I should have probably said that at the beginning. But imagine yeah. that. This is the beginning that you've travelled back in time. Um, <laughs> what's the what's the deadline date, Graham? Remind the fifteenth, fifteenth of June. Okay, fantastic. So, um, <clears throat> on to the other emails that we've had this week. Uh, this one says channeling Graham, uh, and it's from Chris Butler. So it says hi hi sunbeams. Um, I've been lurking for about a year now, and I thought it was about time to send you an email. Hooray, another first time emailer. Um, the trigger for me to finally write an email is through my recent film shooting. I've been channeling Graham in uh, air quotations. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but we'll find out. Um, since I started shooting film again last year, I first picked up an, a Canon EOS 10 as an easy pathway from my DSLR back into film. It is pretty bulletproof um, as a way to shoot film, especially with a modern EOS lens. Recently, I moved to shooting manual and medium format cameras. At the moment, I am shooting a Hasselblad that I managed to convince a friend to lend me, very nice, 
My bank account is definitely going to be in trouble when I have to return it. Uh-huh. Uh, yep, I hear you there. Um, uh, they're going to say, I find the process involved in shooting with the Hasselblad fantastic as it slows me down and makes me think think through every shot. Um, what has been less fun <laughs> is my ability to find every way possible to screw things up, a.k.a. Chandling Graham. Yay! Oh, one of us. <laughs> Um, in the last four rolls, I have managed to... Oh, gosh, there's bullet points here. <laughs> okay. In the last four rolls, I've managed to uh, accidentally advance the film without shooting a frame after fiddling with the back multiple times. <laughs> Oops. Pulled a dark slide off of a back when it was not attached to the camera, leaving the oh, film to be exposed yes. to light for 30 minutes. Is that oh 30 minutes? Is that long enough for it to affect the film? <laughs> Don't know. Depends if you're in a dark room, I suppose. <laughs> Bottom of a cave, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, number three, pulled out the cassette before winding the tail of the backing paper onto the spool, losing half a frame. Uh, number four, shot half a roll at 100 ISO instead of 400 ISO <laughs> because I forgot to put the right label on the film back. <laughs> um, and uh, lastly, I also found out that the light meter app I had on my phone was automatically calculating film re- reciprocity. Oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> again, film Rach, reciprocity. Again. Okay. <laughs> Found out that the Light Meter app I had on my phone was automatically calculating film reciprocity when I was studiously calculating it again separately. <laughs> Excellent. So twice. Um, so Graham, just to let you know, you are not alone. There you oh, go. Makes me feel better. Yeah. Despite this, I've managed to get results I have been happy with, and I'm shooting film almost every weekend at the moment. Much of the inspiration has come from listening to the Sunny Sixteen podcast. That's amazing. It's so lovely to hear from you, Chris. And um, just so you know, um, yeah, all of these pretty much have happened to me too. So uh, you're in, you're in uh, um, good, a good team there, <laughs> I think. Oh, and there's a PS, which is check out um, a very haphazard collection of my photos here. So uh, you might be able to see more at photography.thebutlers.me. There you go. Yeah, Thank and you, there's some lovely stuff on that. So go and go and check out that work there. Um, and take heart, Chris. That you know, one, you know, you're you're a fellow fudger like myself. Two, you have only just dipped your toe into all mm. the ways you can mess things up. I, I, for me, it is a continued exploration of. Uh, how what can go wrong this time? <laughs> because it's just a beautiful when you journey, think, right? It is, yeah. <laughs> just when you think you've done everything wrong that you could possibly do, there's always new ways um, <laughs> to screw up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's why that's why I like to keep starting new things because you have to keep looking for new ways to bring in things that can go wrong. Um, <laughs> it's uh, like I mean, I'm going to talk about this briefly because I did this last weekend and we didn't talk about it on on the show, but. Um, Last what day was it? Monday, Monday or Tuesday? I can't remember. And also, it doesn't matter. Um, I made my—I haven't given it a good name. Rach, can you help me with the camera name for my mega camera? Maybe just mega camera. <laughs> but I you made... don't mean the green meanie. No, you? no, no. You saw this picture oh. didn't you? of my massive camera. Remember my? Car- oh, yes. Yeah. Your cardboard cam. Yes. So I got a record player for Christmas, and since Christmas I have been hanging on to that cardboard box because I was like, "Well, I mean, the it's vinyl a villain." The there vi- <laughs> oh, there you go, the vinyl villain, brilliantly. Um, and so finally, this weekend, I got around to turning this big cardboard box into a camera, um, a pinhole camera, obviously. 
So I made it into a pinhole camera and I sellotaped together four sheets of 8x10 paper, making a negative size of 20 by 16. Is that right? Something like uh, that. Yeah, 20 oh, by that's 16. too fast, math. <laughs> yeah, 20 by 16, um, which I put in the back of this camera. Um, and went down to the local church, which I mentioned uh, in, on the um, episode, the, the assignment episode, and I sat outside um, uh, to take a picture of it. Because, well, this seems like a good thing to do a test shot of. And because it's paper, which is ISO 3, and because the distance from the pinhole to the paper was quite large, it was, it's a big box, uh, the the exposure time was about 16 minutes. Okay, no problem, big cardboard box, 16 minutes, plonk it down, put something, something a bit heavy on top to stop from blowing away. And almost as soon as I'd opened up the pinhole, it started to rain a bit. I was like, oh, okay, cardboard box, rain, this could be a problem. Um, Fortunately, one of my children's coats was in the back of my car. So I threw this over <laughs> the cardboard box and then went and sat in the car. And the downpour was torrential for the entire oh, really? 15 minutes. Oh, no. It absolutely oh. threw it down. So, oh, this is this is not going to come out well. The, the, the exposure will be all messed up. Uh, the box is probably moving around like crazy. It's probably going to just collapse. Anyway, none of these things happened. I got it home, um, took out the pictures... It all worked perfectly. Considering this was the first shot I'd taken with it, the exposure was pretty much spot on. It It is, it really is, yeah. So, obviously, (laughs) needed to bring a certain element of grayness to it. Um, (laughs) When rushing to develop the four sheets of paper, um, I wasn't careful enough with the um, tongs that I was using. Obviously, you go develop. Is that what it was? I remember asking you. Yeah, oh, and then because I was doing them one at a time, because I'm not very good at putting them one over the other, uh, I take the tongs that had fixer just on them oh, and God, splashed Ryan. it over the undeveloped pictures. So big splashes of fixer <laughs> all over undeveloped things. <laughs> so managed to screw it up at the end, but still, I'm still quite pleased with how that picture came out. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the exposure and everything and framing it all looked fantastic. Um, you just added your own Graham signature to it. Yeah, exactly. It looked. Well, it did. Signature work. style. Signature style, yeah. In the negative, you know, never mind, I won't finish that sentence. But no, in the negative, no. look, it didn't look didn't look great. But um, yeah, so there's always new walls of me- new walls, new, new ways of messing things up. Um, but I am going to get out with that mega camera again because that was good fun. Fantastic. It's so, so good. This is what I love about analog photography. The fact that you can just yeah. take a big cardboard box and just go and make a massive picture with it. It's so silly. So very silly. Um, We had a quick email here from Mm -hmm. Neil Piper. Uh, Hi, guys. So I was going to originally be attaching a recording to this email of my one hour, one Mm -hmm. roll of film experience. Unfortunately, it ran a bit longer than I expected. And it turned into me talking more about the project that I'm shooting rather than the one roll, one hour (laughs) process. So I decided to publish it as a standalone soot and whitewash show instead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, if you or your lovely listeners would like to hear it, then please point your podcast catchers towards episode 36 of the Soot and Whitewash podcast. Uh, shameless <laughs> plug, I know and don't care. Regards yeah, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did listen. Yeah, it, it, it was always lovely to hear Neil out wandering the railroads, um, the old uh, abandoned railroads, not the new ones with trains coming down. Them yeah, don't, don't do that. Um, <laughs> 
it definitely was far more about that and what he's been up to than the actual taking a picture. I don't think he even got through one role, so um, but it was still <laughs> good to listen to. So do check that out. Uh, do you want to take this next one on a similar vein to um, that from Ian? Uh, yes, yeah, so Ian Barnaby Nook gets in touch to say, Hi guys, um, I love what you've been doing with the one hour challenge thing. You've got people out shooting and talking about what they're trying to achieve, which is all good. Find attached my audio, which isn't as horrible as I thought it might be, and a few snaps from the walk I took this afternoon. Hope you can use it from Ian. That's lovely. Oh, I'm so pleased you sent it in, Ian. Yes. I'm really excited to hear what you've been up to. Yes, and we will stick that on at the end of the show this week. And um, uh, I, cause I, Ian also put it on his blog, and I uh, had a look at that, and it's great. He, 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 his pictures came out real good. <laughs> I mean, I think definitely helped by being in a location, which, you know, made it... Uh, uh, easier to get out and get some great pictures. Well, I'd say easier, that's I mean, putting it all, all on dislocation, but he got some really nice pictures in his one hour uh, and it was lovely to see, so good stuff. Um, okay, this next one is from Marcus Nels, following up on something you said recently, Rach, about saltwater development. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dear Sunbeams, um... <laughs> I've just listened to your one hour photo assignment show and loved it. Almost felt like being there live with you. Mm. Now looking forward to listening to the follow up. Many thanks for so lovely handling my mail on the last episode of Backing Paper. I wasn't even sure it would make it through the gazillions of mail you must receive by now. Uh, no, true. <laughs> through the gazillions, yep, with a very, very rigorous filtering process. What Rachel said really got me hooked. I had not the slightest idea that seawater could be used for fixing. <laughs> it was only recently that I found the Caffnol developed pictures of uh, Christian Strauss on Instagram. They are really lovely and got me thinking about development here on board. I have film and a camera here with me, various different films and Ooh. a Leica M3, which disqualifies me for the cheap shot challenge, I guess. Well, um, unless you found it in a charity shop for Fiverr. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. In which case, I'll buy it off you for a tenner. Um, still, I would 20. love to see some pictures. If you're away on the ship, I hope you're taking lots of pictures. I <laughs> 20. Hey, listen, let's not start a bidding war. 30. <laughs> um, uh, but thanks to you guys, I am now thinking about making a pinhole camera here on board and trying development. I will keep you posted. Thank you so much for the inspiration. Greetings from the Mediterranean from Marcus. Oh, fabulous. This is so cool and, and lovely to hear back from you, Marcus. This is awesome. Um, yeah, so uh, the develop the fixing with uh, seawater was with seawater was was pretty much a um, a hunch, <laughs> um, a, an idea. Uh, shall we say because I know that you can obviously use salt for fixing so um, you probably would need quite a lot more salt than you'd be able to necessarily get in uh, in a small amount of seawater um, but I know that I have fixed some of my caffeinal, uh work with salt uh, a salt water bath so um, it's it takes quite a while to dissolve enough salt in that in order to fix properly but you know if you've got time and you're on a boat give it a go I guess that's kind of what I was saying just try it out and, and see I'd say maybe add quite a lot more table salt to it but it might be kind of fun to see what um what comes out and uh, and if it works you might want to refix it perhaps when you're back on dry land but it it could well work for uh, a temporary measure uh, as long as you're not like waving it around in the sun um all, all the time um but yeah so uh, salt can be used very much for for fixing and uh, with the tests that I'd done with Caffnall on using um, 
uh, photographic paper and what have you, um, those uh, those have lasted nicely. Um, totally, totally fine for me. So, uh, so yeah, awesome. Keep us posted on that. That sounds great. Yeah, and uh, you, if you've got film, then I bet on a ship you've got everything you need to make a pinhole camera mm-hmm. and to develop the picture. I, because yeah. I mean, I, I was reading yesterday. Um, somebody saying, oh, my first effort at developing a pinhole, I didn't even have the vitamin C and I just did it without that. And they are, it didn't come out very well, but there was some vague images on this, like, oh my goodness, you can even skip one of the key ingredients and still get something. Um, so, yeah, do spend some time online. Um, it's amazing what you can mm. do and what people have done. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope to see some images from that and some pinhole images definitely would count as cheap shots, as the cheapest of shots. Uh, do you want to take this next one from Fraser Your Age? Yes, uh, that would be lovely. So, um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, obviously, uh, I believe Fraser went along to the Mersey meetup today. So, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see him again uh, this time. But um, it's nice to see that there's an email here for him. He says, evening all. Uh, yep, it's been a while since I was in touch and it's been a while since I was actually out doing some meaningful photography too. This real work thing really gets in the way. <laughs> I have been travelling around the country a fair bit but the opportunities to get shooting with the camera have been limited. Um, I've been making time to develop the long-distance photographic love in with Jeremy North, which is great, and normally ends up in the pub too. Bonus! So your one-hour photographs podcast was just the tonic needed, effectively an audio kick up the arse. I had been meaning to head out and test the meter in one of the cameras anyway, one of the Olympus OMs, as I always suspected it to be a bit out. So perfect excuse, a one-hour wander with the camera. I grabbed the dog and headed out around the usual walk. Now, I'm a bit like Graham. See, everybody's copying you these days, Graham. You've become like some sort of weird icon. You say copying um, me. I think it's more like people, when things go wrong, they think, oh, God, this is Who does big. that happen to? I'm being a real Graham here. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so now I'm being a bit like Graham in that I was I struggled to be inspired by my local area, especially as I've been walking the poor dog around this way for years. So I knew it would be a struggle. But at least I had the advantage of daylight for the whole hour. (laughs) Anyway, I did start to think sideways and see details rather than the area as a whole. Eva managed to come away with some shots I liked, such as the attached image of a wire knot, which immediately had me thinking about opposites attracting and unity. Hmm. I did feel sorry for poor Jet the dog. She's an old girl at 17 years old. Oh, in dementia is set in. So I think I added to her general confusion and bafflement by walking up and down the same fence line a few times. <laughs> poor Jet. Oh. Um, I think a lot of people must be in the same photographic boat, judging by the responses you've had. So it's great for the encouragement to get out and do something about it. With this in mind, I better shove some gear into a bag and head down to Liverpool ha, for another Mersey Meetup photo walk organised by Stig. These are great meetings, and guess what? Usually end up in the pub too. I believe they went on the ferry this time, actually, which is cool. Um, all the best to you, and thanks for helping keep me focused. And the dog walked. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank you so much, Fraser. You're not going to read uh, that last lovely. bit, Rach. Uh, Slante? Oh. Is that correct? No? I, don't, I have no idea. Oh, okay. I think it's Slante. And the second word? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> Slante Mahath. I think that's his uh, nickname. Good old Slanty Mahath. (laughs) Excellent. Well done. Um, Sorry, Fraser, if we have butchered that. I imagine we have. Oh, Jet. She sounds great. 17 years old, bless her. Um, I love the the knot. It's fantastic. It's really colourful and so simple. And uh, it's really 
lovely to know uh, what it sort of inspired you to be thinking about when you saw it. You, you know, it's just nice to when sometimes you notice these little things to to just capture them, um, and it becomes you know a little moment that, that you've always got then to look back at which is really lovely um i actually have um a bracelet which was one of the very first things adam bought me uh which is um the um eternity knot and it looks pretty much like this wire knot um that i think was in the fence or what have you and um yeah uh it came with like a little card that talked about you know how how the knot symbolizes lots of things um and it's just a really sort of like special uh special sign for me too so yeah, I really like that. Really Thanks, nice. Fraser. Yeah. Okay, uh, this next one is from Richard Hall. Oh, we uh, heard his audio, actually, in last week's Sunny 16 podcast. So this is just the email that was attached with that. Uh, Richard writes in, Dear Sunnies, I really enjoyed Thursday's episode and thought the best way to show it was to take up your challenge. I've been listening for about a year and always enjoy the show. I've had good intentions about entering the Cheap Shots Challenge, but not quite got to it. And this seemed like an opportunity to get in touch. Not sure the audio is up to much. It was great. Uh, there's a missing bit that I thought I'd recorded, but my phone had other ideas. And the pictures are ordinary at best. But it was a good excuse to be out in the evening sunshine yesterday. I won't be offended if this doesn't get used, but I'm attaching <laughs> a few of the pics I took just in case. They've been home developed in Ilfosol 3 and scanned using the Film Lab app. <laughs> uh, the light source is a cheap box from Flying Tiger. Keep up the great work. Thank you for all you do for the film photography community. Um, well, mm. thank you very much, Richard, for getting involved. And I really enjoyed listening to Richard's audio. Um, mm. And the pictures, as with all the pictures that um, we took and uh, that other people have submitted so far um, with their audio or with their emails are all on the sunny16podcast.com website. You'll see a tag on there saying um, assignments and it's in there. Uh, so it was great to see those pictures. And yeah, I really enjoyed hearing. Uh, I, I really enjoyed hearing all the audio. As we said in the show, we hadn't really had an opportunity to listen to it before we put the show together and I had no idea what a tour around the world it was going to be um, from Thailand and being feeling like I sat on the back of Matt's motorbike to you know Melbourne listening to Matthew Joseph whinging about the cold his arm <laughs> falling off and shattering uh, and Richard up in Shrewsbury and um, Mike in his garage uh, it was great wonderful One, just... it really was a full round the world trip that wasn't it it was lovely yeah and everybody everybody did something different and approached it differently and you know and, um as we'll see with uh Ian you know Ian Barnaby Nuts pictures you know he went for a walk in the woodlands it's all all very different stuff um we've got two coming up from uh Terry here do you want to take this first one Rachel and then I'll deal with the mass afterwards Okay, okay, sure. So Terry uh, writes in to say, uh, Dear Bapping Paper, which is obviously in reference to uh, a previous previous time where we neither of us could pronounce it correctly. He <laughs> um, says, Poor old Victor would be spinning in his grave to hear you say Hasselblad is Swiss. Um, and Leica isn't the only German camera maker. What about Frank and Hedeke, the manufacturers of Rolly? I have a Rolleiflex SL66 and an SL35E, a B35 and a Prego. Oh, pronounced Prego, not Prego, which is something entirely different. <laughs> I got it right, Terry. Look at me go. Woo. Um, sadly, though, these lovely cameras are 12,000 miles away as baggage limitations prevented me from bringing them to Oz. I am ever hopeful of seeing them and all my other film cameras again one day. Them and a generous final collection too. Yours with fingers crossed, Terry. Aww. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Terry. 
Well, I did get it's actually surprisingly few. I mean, this is the only email, but I did get a few couple of people. Uh, um, I think Jeremy and uh, Jimmy Hickford in particular, uh, and Toby going, Toby, you, you Wally, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, no. Hasselblad is from Sweden. I'm like, well, it's one. We, we, yeah. we knew it was a swear something, Switzerland, Sweden, Swindon, Swindon, Swaziland, <laughs> you know, it's uh, one of the swear countries. Why that may have been a slight omission on our part. Um, oh, your Franca Solida is probably a German camera as well, isn't it, Rach? Yeah, I imagine it must be actually, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I, I just, I just see lovely cameras and what they can do, and it, I don't know, isn't it? It's like um, composers. I always had uh, difficulty with like knowing which country they're from or what you know their names or anything, but I could tell sometimes <laughs> they're from or you know their names. Yeah, but Those are two uh, quite different things. Well, yeah, sure, but it, they're. <laughs> They're kind of very much like, I don't know, I, I go more on gut feeling, I suppose. It's more about like, how does that piece of music sound? That sounds like that composer, you know, yeah. as opposed to knowing the date that they were born and the date they died and where they lived and, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, to some people that would be like just awful. You know, they need to know all of that information. That's really important to them as as part of the whole story of who that person is. But to me, it's more about what they've produced Juiced, you know what the what the actual thing is um, yeah. and how that makes me feel um so yeah it's just a different priority isn't it i suppose yeah absolutely some people love to know all the ins and outs mm. uh, about things and go into great depth and detail and that's fantastic and um you know a lot of the people i hear on the, the classic lenses podcast you know that's they live for that stuff and that's fantastic yeah. and i really admire like all of the information that they know you know all the technical detail it's just i mean fascinating and mm yeah inspiring it really is it's just it's just not how i'm wired it's not my yeah. br- the way that i work <laughs> it's all good we did get a follow-up from terry mm. titled a massive missive which i will <laughs> attempt to tackle now brace yourselves everybody okay uh, <gasps> hi there to all of sunny 16 podcast i've made it from episode <gasps> one to 153 in five months Whoa! And now up to date. Of course, <laughs> the downside is that I now have to wait a week to hear you again. Yeah. It's been an amazing experience listening to you and your guests over the weeks, learning new things and being reminded of stuff I'd forgotten. Forgotten stuff. Dad and I set up a part-time darkroom back in the early 80s where we made prints from the black and white films we developed. Most of the time it was the bathroom. <laughs> a proper bathroom with a bathtub. Not the modern euphemism for the loo. New thing learnt. Victoria Wood had carked it. Yeah, sorry mm. to break that bad news. Yeah. It was interesting to hear you all take a while to get through a roll of film, whereas I used to rattle through rolls of ectochrome and agvachrome like it was going out of fashion, which, <laughs> ironically, it did. Uh, yeah, good. Yeah, point. Despite <laughs> this and my transition to digital, I still photographed as if I were limited to 36 exposures and have generally been conservative with my image making. I realise that these two paragraphs are making a, are a bit of a contradiction, so mm-hmm. I'll elaborate. In my younger days, I would attend F1 powerboat racing at Fairford Lakes and latterly Bristol Docks. My good friend Chris and I were both interested in photography and motorsport, so Brands Hatch, Mm. before chain-link fences and barbed wire, was a frequent haunt for club racing and Formula One. So, this is where a handful or so of roles got eaten up in one day. 
Trips to Bristol Zoo, the Cotswold Wildlife Park or Longleat were typically one or two rolls of 35mm. 120 film was reserved for a more casual, scenic photographic <laughs> venture. I've also learned that you pick your film based on the proposed subject, not ASA slash DIN. Oh, but the <laughs> type of film. That was interesting, as I used only five types, FP4 or HP5 based on ISO, or one of the following. Codachrome if I wanted colour prints or for transparencies, uh, either ectochrome, oh sorry, codachrome if I wanted colour prints or for transparencies, either ectochrome or agfachrome. Although my photography is currently centred around Android smartphone, I still apply the principles learnt all those years ago using manual film cameras and endeavour to achieve results in as few shots as possible, rather than the shotgun approach many digital users seem to take. Also, I'll switch to manual quite frequently to give myself more control over the image and save in RAW or DNG for improved editing capability, again using a smartphone or occasionally an Android tablet, um, and typically Photoshop or Lightroom Mobile. Another thing I've learned, or perhaps I've known but recently acknowledged, I am full of contradictions. <laughs> for example, I shoot digital but listen only to film photography podcasts. I am English, living in Australia, listening to a podcast from England with an occasional host from a Kiwi land who lives just a day's drive away in Melbourne. Literally a day's drive. It took us nine hours to get there. Obviously, I mean Matthew Joseph. Such a cool dudens. <laughs> I'm an old geezer. Well, it feels that way, with more knowledge and experience than I'd realised. Thanks to Sunny16 opening my eyes and my mind to photography to my photography past. But I also feel as I did when in my early 20s and had so much to learn. I'm so glad that I found you and have really enjoyed every minute of the podcast series. Now that I have to wait a week at a time, I'll be delving into some other podcasts you have recommended to listeners. Thank you for everything you do from Terry. Well, thank you very Aww. much, Terry. Um, it's been lovely having you with us for the 153 really episodes. We're uh, most impressed that you've made it, and um, yeah, thank you so much for sticking with us through um, through the ups and downs and thick and thin and all the various different um, things that we do, ridiculous things we do. <laughs> it's been yeah, lovely to have you with us. That's awesome. Yeah, and the good news is there are many, many other fine film photography-based podcasts out there. I mean, the FPP obviously goes without saying. Um, you've got Matt Loves Cameras out in Australia. Um, you've got the Negative Positives podcast, Mike Gutman, uh, who did uh, the call-in for us. You've got the I mean, Lensless podcast and the Large Format Photography podcast. Some and Whitewash. Soot and Whitewash, Studio C41, the Classic Lenses podcast. Uh, Graham's oh, Homemade Camera. Oh, there's, there's, the there's, homemade, yeah, there's, there's so many. There's so many. And yeah. we will only miss them out. <laughs> but um, and I know on Emulsive, um, not that long ago, put together a full <laughs> list of all the film photography podcasts that are out there. Um, and I, yes, hopefully he's been keeping you up, updated because there are, there are many of them. Yeah. Absolutely. Ah, oh, it's been so nice to hear from you because you know it's it's a funny one, isn't it, Graham? Like we do the the shows, and obviously they go out there, but we unless people write in, we don't really know if they're listening and if they're enjoying or what they're enjoying or not enjoying, and and it it's lovely actually having backing paper, I think, because it gives us a chance to make it feel more like a conversation with you guys as well, um, and that's so important to us. 
Um, so yeah, thank you very much. Yes, absolutely, and um, you know, have fun digging into everything else that's out. Yeah, it is a wonderful world, and lots of very interesting and entertaining people out there. Um, Rach, do you want to take this last email from Aaron Alfano? Yes. Um, Aaron says, good morning, Sunbeams. Enjoying your podcast as always, especially the recent one hour challenge episode. Belated congratulations on your 150th episode. I wanted to suggest that you interview Grant Peterson of Rivendell Bicycle Works on the show. Why would you interview the owner of, of a bicycle company on a photography show, you ask? Well, Grant is a film photographer, as are several of his employees, and often uses film photos in his company's marketing emails, one of which I'm forwarding below. He also frequently discusses film photography on his uh, blag. Blog. <laughs> blog. Okay, blog. Uh, see link at the top of the email below. I thought it might be interesting to speak with a film photographer who uses film photography in his non-photography related business. Oh, that's a lot of photography. <laughs> um, keep up the good work. Best from Aaron. Thank you very much, Aaron. Much appreciated. Always yeah. good to know about other people who are using it, and it's it, yeah, it's always lovely to kind of like come across, stumble across these like little. Oh, I didn't know that they would shoot film as well, and it's it, yeah, I always find it really cool. Yeah, and uh, we will absolutely hit up this gentleman and see if he'd be up for coming on and chatting to us because mm. um, it does look like they're having a lot of fun there. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't put the link in the thing for you to see, Rach, but okay. um, yeah, the the, uh, the blog update from Rivendell Bicycle Works, uh, which is out in Walnut Creek, California, um, is chock full of really lovely analog photography. Um, lots of really beautiful pictures uh, in colour and black and white. Um, so uh, well worth checking out just to see that, obviously. But um, yeah, it'd be nice to chat to them and hear why it's become such an integral part of uh, getting out and doing what they're doing. Um, so yeah, great shout out. Thank you very much, Aaron. Um, talking of shout outs, we've got a couple of things we need to shout out this week that are going on, aren't they, Rach? Absolutely. Exciting stuff. So um, I hopefully will be uh, going along to the Film Wasters meetup, which um, we'll be meeting at the EAT uh, which is a kind of a chain cafe uh, in London on uh, it's a 95 City Road, Old Street, London. So that's on Saturday, the 8th of June at 10 a.m. That'd be really nice if anybody else is around and, and wants to meet up at that analogue photo walk. It'd be lovely to have you guys there. Yeah, I mean, there's an opportunity to get out and meet Rachel. God, who's who <laughs> not going to take that up? If you're within, you know, I'd say, uh, let's say a reasonable distance of, I don't know, 500 miles of London, then I think you should be attending that. Um, I was really hoping to see um, Rob Hawthorne as well um, because he has a, a studio um, space in London um, as well, but it's it's a bit further out and um, with public transport obviously makes it quite a lot more difficult to kind of get there. So um, I'm also supposed to be kind of on holiday. So it would be nice to uh, to go along and do the walk and we will hopefully set up another time specifically to, um, uh, you know, because I'd love to go and see his setup and the amazing work that he does. Uh, in the studio um, so yeah something where I've actually have the chance and the opportunity to take some time and, and see all that and spend some spend some time there so in the meantime Film Wasters uh, photo walk would be a lovely thing to uh, take part in I think so uh, yeah um, and as always there's uh, photowalk.me for any other photo walks analog photography photo walks uh, around and about all over the world um, and uh, that's always a great place to go either to find some that are close by to you or to set up your own yeah 
always a good thing to check that out um i'm not going to be going to that unfortunately uh mm. but something that i will be going to in fact we will both be going to mm. uh john whitmore who is um, at the dark shed on twitter we spoke to him very briefly at the photography show um, and we mentioned him recently because he's part of the uh no you'll probably get this right I'll get warwickshire the, what... open studios Warwick Show. Thank you very much, Rach. Um, and uh, his studio is open from, uh, I think it's just started this weekend, hasn't it? I think it's a couple of weeks it's open for, three weeks? I believe so, yeah. Uh, on Friday, like Saturday and Sunday. Um, anyway, the important information is that he is having a film photography barbecue <laughs> at his place. Uh, on Makes Saturday. it sound like he's burning photographs on his barbecue. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, who knows? On Saturday, the 15th of June, um, we will both be there. I am really looking forward to it. Uh, And John's going to be doing all sorts of fun stuff there. He's going to be doing some darkroom printing, uh, bring your own negatives, he says. Um, Large format 4x5 paper neg portraits. And I know that Steve Lloyd from Chroma is going to be there. And I think he's going to be doing that. Pinhole can camera making, uh, all sorts of analog goodness. So... Um, something fantastic if you can get there uh, you definitely should um, uh, John, do you know what time? 3pm uh, till late um, okay. if you if you find um, find John on Twitter as I said is probably the easiest way he's uh, at the dark shed um, or you, I'm not sure he's put a post up on this on his website or not uh, but which is uh, johnwhitmorephotography.co.uk um, more details will be coming I'm sure although that gives you pretty much all the details but um, John hasn't sort of mentioned important things like yeah should we be bringing food and stuff because you know it's, it, we probably should I'll get some more details out of uh, John <laughs> also if you hear this and think, oh, I would like to come to that, um, let John know so we can you know, also figure out numbers and stuff like that. Um, so, because, uh, you know, yeah. he, he's a, a, just one person with his dark shed. We don't want to completely overwhelm him up with a surprise turn of 5,000 people. So if that sounds like it's going to be good fun um, to you... At least let him know. So he's prepared for the 5,000 5, people. Exactly. <laughs> um, I've already let him know that you know, Rachel and I are going to turn up and eat all the veggie burgers. And I think yeah. Steve has said that he's going to turn up and eat everything else so mm-hmm. um but, sounds good yeah can't wait uh, and um yeah there's more details of the overall um uh, project uh, at warwickshire open studios so if you just google for that that will come up and that will show you all the other um, people taking part in that as well so if you happen to be around the area or with access to warwickshire in in general then um, you might find some other other places to go and and things as well so uh yeah hopefully we'll get to see a few of you at uh john's uh, dark shed <laughs> yeah that would be wonderful and i believe he's got his sri lankan uh images as well which I'm yes that's what his yeah that's what his exhibition is there um mm-hmm. so that'll be fantastic to see and i think he's even talking about doing some um color darkroom printing there on the day Ooh. as well so uh yeah Lots of exciting stuff to see there. I think that about does it, doesn't it, Rach? I think so. It sounded like you might have had something else that you wanted to mention. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt before. Was there something else? No, no, not oh. at all. Not at all. In fact, there is one last thing we, of course, need to get to. Mm-hmm. And that's the wonderful people who have supported us on coffee this week. Um, so we've got some thanks to give that. Now, uh, listeners will be relieved slash disappointed you know, there is not a great big pile of um, facts this week. Uh, brace yourself. Oh, no. Brace yourselves for next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bracing myself for next week. But we do have some people to thank this, th- this oh, week. Oh, always. Yes. Thank you so much. 
So um, the first person uh, is previous emailer and sharer of audio from the audiobook, Richard Hall. Um, uh, thank you very much, Richard. You can find Richard's work on Instagram at Richard underscore Hall photo. Oh, we've got Sean Hall as well. Another Hall. A lot of halls, yeah. I hadn't mm. quite clicked that the entire Hall family was here. <laughs> um, Sean, um, it, lo lovely chat, Sean. And he is also on Instagram uh, at spandexoc. Yes, we've had many fine communications with Sean and it's always lovely to hear. So thank you very much. And Sean, I did also enjoy the reason that um, Sean gave, gave. He said, I had to buy Ada coffee simply because of the excellent David Attenborough impression he provided during his live photo <laughs> assignment commentary. Uh, so, yeah, thank you very much for that. Um, Next up, take a big thank you to Aaron Alfano. Again, another previous emailer. I, we hunted high and low and we could not mm. find any social places to point you towards for Aaron. So, Aaron, if you have got anywhere we can send people to see your work, please do. But um, Aaron is a frequent contributor, not just to us, but also to the Negative Positive podcast um, and a lovely gentleman to hear from at all times. So uh, thank you very much, Aaron. Um, we also have Paula Smith, and um, she um, as well is part of the uh, Awesome Female Photographers um, group. And again, uh, e emails in and is uh, very much a, a awesome part of the community. So thank you again very much to Paula. She, you can find her work at paulasmith.co.uk. Uh, next up is Dominic Silverthorne. One, what a fantastic name. Two, now we started looking for something like Dominic Silverthorne. Okay, that name rings a bell. Uh, Dominic Silverthorne was recently on the Lensless podcast, and I listened to this episode, and he's uh, it was great. Dominic is fantastic. He's lives out in Japan. He's a, an English chap living out in Japan, um, making beautiful things mostly out of wood um, including pinhole cameras but furniture uh, and all sorts of bits and pieces it's a really interesting listen um, I would recommend anybody go and check that one out it was episode uh, I think it was 59 of the I, I will put a link to it in the show notes um, and he's also on Instagram at copsworks c-o-p-s-e W-O-R-K-S. Um, but yeah, just lots of really beautiful stuff that he's making out there. And it was a really, I said, really interesting listen. Um, so thank you very much, Dom, for that. That was uh, really nice for you to do that for us. And um, yeah, kind of, I, I, as I was listening to him on, on the lens, I was thinking, God, nice to, <laughs> nice to chat to Dom at some point. So we might try and persuade him to join us at some point as well. Um, but lest you think, listeners, that our team of researchers had a complete week off, uh, they didn't, because we do also have to say a big thank you uh, to Juliet Schwab. Um, uh, Juliet, who's at Juliet Schwab. Schwab spelled S-C-H-W-A-B. Uh, and also, Juliet Schwab Photography. Uh, dot, what is that? Dot, uh, dot com. Uh, Juliet Schwab dot com has got a great blog post up at the moment. Um, one role, one kid, May 2019. <laughs> what a great assignment to say yourself. One role pictures, one run roll film, and one of my children's going to get blasted. Um, I did also uh, find, I had to go and you know wake up our researchers, but they did find out one fact for us about Julia. And it says, mm -hmm. yeah, <clears throat> in her hometown, Julia is known for being such a delightfully radiant person that flowers will turn away from the sun to face her instead. <laughs> so that's a nice fact that they found out about Julia. <laughs> uh, and I completely believe it. 
Thank you so much to to all of our contributors, um, whether it's one off or whether you're able to um, to donate on a regular basis. It's all super appreciated. It really is, and and it helps us to uh, to keep the podcast going and do do the various things that we we try and do to help. Hopefully. Um, create some listening pleasure for you uh, so thank you again ever so much to everybody who has contributed in the past and um, and or just you know written in uh, contributed in some way shape or form to the community um, it's all super valuable and uh, appreciated yeah couldn't agree more and that does about do it for this week i think listeners uh, as we said earlier we will put um in barnaby nuts uh, audio um assignment god come on words audio assignment piece uh at the end of the show um uh which we probably put after the music this week to make things a bit easier mm-hmm. i don't know we'll figure it out um <laughs> <laughs> the music is as always remortgaging one week you're gonna do this Graham. yeah I'd be so impressed remortgage it's like it's not an easy title remortgaging oh, the nest duncan. Of the, <laughs> hey listen i love duncan and um, <laughs> we mentioned actually i think recently that duncan is that silver pan lab has now gone full time um just doing because previously duncan had a day job and he was doing silver pan lab on the side and now he's going full time so if you've got some roll of film rolls of films send them to duncan you know let's support this new start a business and he's done great work with my film in the past so um, I recommend wholeheartedly um, and his band Schnauzer you'll find their stuff on Bandcamp do check it out uh, and that is it we will be back on Thursday and uh, we will be joined this week by at least 50% and maybe alarmingly 100% of the Danger <laughs> Boys for an update <laughs> on how Tanky Muck One Shot, the documentary, is proceeding. So I'm looking forward to catching up with those guys. Oh, yes. It's going to be a delight. <laughs> very excited. It always Yay. is. It always is. Um, mm. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a lovely week. Have a lovely week. Hi everyone, this is Ian Knott, also known as Barnaby Knott for my photography stuff online. Uh, I'm going to take part in the, the hottest thing in film photography, which isn't the APS revival, it is in fact the one hour get out of work early and go and shoot some film photos challenge. So I've just I've done just that, it's, uh, it's Friday afternoon, it's a bank holiday weekend, I ducked out a little early from work as I say and I've come to a place called the 12 o'clock hills in Western Ireland so just just north of Limerick my rucksack's mostly filled with waterproof clothing because this is the west of Ireland but also in there is a Mamiya C330 uh, loaded with a roll of FP4 Uh, the trail that I'm walking uh, takes me up a couple of hundred metres up above the city uh, with views out across West Clare. Uh, it's a spectacular view from the summit, but the weather's pretty crap. Uh, it's mostly up, uphill, obviously, the first the first uh, 30 or 40 minutes, so 
each of these recordings is likely to get more and more breathy. Uh, but I'll do my best and I'll, uh, I'll uh, let you know as I take each picture, I guess. So I've walked a couple of hundred metres. I uh, thought I'd take a metre reading uh, just to act as a reference and then kind of guess from that point onwards. Um, the metre reading tells me that it's pretty much dark. <laughs> uh, not because the sun's going down, but because the sun's behind thick Irish cloud and uh, and rain showers. So uh, lots of shallow depth of field stuff today by the looks of it. And uh, who knows, maybe it'll, it'll brighten up a bit when I get up above the tree line and out onto the top of the hill. But we'll see how it goes. So I'm... Uh, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes into the walk now. Taking three pictures so far. Uh, walking alongside a river, which you can probably hear in the background. Uh, yeah, it is, it's really dark, particularly in the trees as I am at the moment. Uh, but the time of year and the amount of water we've had over the last couple of months means that the ferns are just looking spectacular. So I'm surrounded by uh, fern or heather or whatever it is. Just spectacular and kind of bright green, the new growth. So I've taken a couple of shots of those uh, those ferns, uh, kind of darkened out the background, underexposed a little bit, and hope with hopefully the brightness of the of the fresh green leaves will show up against the dark background and look pretty good. Yeah, keep trudging upwards. So I'm still walking, still going uphill. Uh, still not taking pictures because of the rain, but it's only a roll of 12 and I think I'm five or six in already, so uh, should get it done in the hour. But yeah, just a bit of feedback on the uh, on this whole deal, this whole one hour challenge. I just love the fact that, uh, you know, the, the, the podcast that started it was not about gear, it was just, it was more about process, more about people thinking about what they're trying to achieve in that hour and just thinking about shooting. You know, I've, I've, I'm a grumpy old fellow who moans about stuff these days and I do moan about the fact that most of the film photography podcast content out there is about gear and I get that it's difficult to, to talk about results in an audio format but this is kind of proving that, uh, you know, with a bit of imagination there's stuff out there that we can be doing, all be taking part in and it's not about gear. Having said that, my next section, I'm going to tell you what gear I'm using today. <laughs> so the rain's really starting to beat down now, which is, which is not so good for, for, for photography. So I thought I'd talk a little bit about the gear I'm using today. So Mamiya C330, I'm sure everybody's kind of familiar with them to an extent. Uh, it's a TLR. It's a, it's a big, heavy beast compared to the Yashica, for example. But I just love the results. I've tried an RB67, uh, Fuji GWs, things like that. But the Mamiya, the combination of the of the fun it is to use if you if you like TLRs, and the results that it gives mean that it's just you know my favourite kind of medium format camera. I think I'm using Ilford FP4. That's definitely become my go-to over the last. Uh, last year or so since the announcement of uh, Neopandian being discontinued. Still have uh, 18 rolls, I think, of of uh, Neopan Acros. 
uh, saved for kind of nighttime shoots mostly, but have tried FP4 in all sorts of situations, including nighttime, and it's just as good. Uh, maybe not quite so much, uh, not quite so many shades of grey, if you like, in, in some of the nighttime work that I do, but but you know not far off for, for most uses. So yeah, FP4 wholeheartedly recommended. Weather report from West Clare, it's still raining, uh, but not quite as heavily as it was. So uh, yeah, I've actually got the camera out and who knows, might take some more pictures pretty soon. Uh, just in terms of the, the whole gear and intent thing. So my intent today is to try and obviously capture the walk that I'm, that I'm on. And the thing that's, uh, that strikes me about this walk, and I've done it a couple of times, is once you get into the woods, uh, is how kind of uh, uh, claustrophobic it feels. So these are these are pine pine woods. So uh, were planted at some point, I don't know, some point in the last hundred years, I guess. And uh, these lines of trees, which are obviously evergreener, just give this claustrophobic feeling, particularly when it's been raining, and the dampness is kind of hanging in the trees and. You know, the humidity is really high and you're kind of breathing in lungfuls of liquid. And the pictures that I'm going to try and take today, hopefully, will will give that feeling. So it will be pictures of moss and and kind of paths off into the darkness through the lines of trees and that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm after. You can be the judge of if if I manage to catch that when I, when I share the pictures later. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'm going to crack on and keep going. So that's it. Uh, I'm an hour into the walk. I've uh, probably got uh, 30 odd minutes until I get back to the car, uh, but all downhill. Uh, I did shoot a roll and two frames of the second roll in the in that hour. Uh, the, the, way, the, the rain stopped, the clouds lifted just above kind of treetop level, so I did get a bit of a view from the top. Um, so yeah, mission accomplished. I know the kind of deal was it's an hour and it's one roll of film, but it feels like I'm talking to friends. So uh, <laughs> maybe you'll forgive me. I'm gonna I'm gonna carry on down and uh, maybe make a few more pictures. Plan is to get them developed tonight and hopefully I can submit the pictures with the with the kind of audio file and uh, yeah, you can see what you make of it. So I just got an absolute soaking in uh, in a torrential downpour. Uh, didn't quite get the full waterproofs on quickly enough and uh, uh, trying to work out how to fit the waterproof cover on my on my rucksack, never having used it before. It probably wasn't the ideal timing to be working it out, but uh, it's eased off a little bit now. It's kind of just, just bucketing down as opposed to being full on torrential, kind of sheltered in a little farm building. The pylons running past me are crackling in the... Uh, in the rain and in the in the humidity, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Thanks for uh, thanks for encouraging me to come out in this. So the last shot, uh, I was kneeling in the mud uh, in the middle of the path because there was a kind of fern. Are they called fronds? Anyway, the fern leaf uh, kind of dangling across, water droplets hanging off it, path disappearing off into the distance. Uh, it was f two point eight tastic, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully you'll excuse the cheesiness of some of these pictures, but yeah, um, yeah, feeling pretty good about how the results results are going to look. So, look forward to seeing them later. So that's it.
um, last couple of hundred metres back to the car, I've walked um, eight and a half kilometres, or a little over five miles. I've got wet, I got dry again. I got wet a second time, haven't quite got dry a second time. Um, I may have got fired for leaving work early, um, but we'll worry about that next week. Main thing was that I got out and took some pictures. And uh, yeah, that's thanks to thanks to the challenge. I've enjoyed listening to other people's, uh, what they've done with an hour. It's taken me a little more than an hour, but hope you've uh, hope you've enjoyed a little bit of, of what I've done. And uh, I hope you like the pictures when I get around to sharing them after I've processed them, as I say, later on tonight. Uh, so thanks again for the challenge. Um, cheers, bye.